0: Good morning. Wasn't that a beautiful dedication? Little Kylie, she was so well behaved. Wasn't that a wonderful thing? And we've now had four children dedicated and I consider it a privilege to speak on both of the Sundays. Three of them were dedicated last time and then one today. And it is such a wonderful thing to have a family of God here to see the little ones. Growing up and learning the things of God and what they have learned in Sunday school and at home is amazing. And they know much more than many adults do because they've been brought up with it in teaching of the scriptures and it's become part of them. And it's such a blessing. And we thank the Lord for Taylor, too, because she was once really little and we've watched her grow up and we've watched her sing and we're watching the beautiful voice that's come out in this young woman of God that loves the Lord and sings these beautiful songs. And we're just thankful to see what God can do in lives that are totally surrendered to Him. And when, God, when we see everything falling apart, He sees everything falling into place because He has a will and He has a plan for our lives And he's using circumstances. He's using things that are happening around us to train us up in his ways. And we're thankful for that. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the children. We thank you for the adults, the families, for each one in the San Ramon Valley Bible Church. We thank you, Lord, that we serve a risen Savior, a living Savior. And we just pray now that you'll quiet our hearts before you as we go into your word We pray that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher, that you'll speak to our hearts individually and personally. Please hide me, Lord, behind the cross and just pray that the words spoken will be your words and they will challenge us and encourage us and comfort us today. And we just praise you and thank you now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I don't know about you, but if you've been watching these debates On TV, I mean, the presidential debates, we have the Republicans and we have the Democrats. And I don't know about you, but I'm not impressed really myself with any of them. And a lot of times we see they make a lot of promises, but they don't keep them, right? They say a lot of things, but a lot of times they're not true, the things that they're saying. And I'm not just picking on one candidate or one party or anything. It's it's true, really, of all of them. They're very good at talking, but very poor at walking. And when you look at it, it really spoke to my heart because so many times today we look for the best person who's best dressed, who has everything prepared, who's a good speaker, who's educated, has knowledge, skill, talent, ability. But it seems like we leave one important ingredient out when we look at people's lives like candidates or, or at our own lives as well. And that ingredient is character. That ingredient is down deep inside a person. It goes beyond the outward shell and what we look like on the outside. And as Christians, we know that God's word changes our lives. And he wants to work on us from the moment we get saved and give our lives to Jesus Christ He's working on us. He's working in us. He's working through us. And developing character is tough. It's not easy. Because we grew up for years before we got saved. And we have to unlearn a lot of things. And when we get saved, we have to learn a lot of things. And He has to deal with our character. He has to deal with our temper. He has to deal with our words. He has to deal with our actions. He has to change us. He has to take away the bad habits and replace them with good habits. And it's about changing us from the inside, changing our character. And I think the world has lost sight of that. But I'm really thankful for our local basketball team, and Mike loves the Warriors, Mike Hyde, and I do too, and we and we really look at them. And But you don't really have to be a basketball fan to really appreciate what the ownership did when they bought the Warriors, the franchise. They bought it a few years ago and they made it their desire when they started gathering players to play for the Golden State Warriors. Do you know what the first thing was that they wanted to get? Skillful players, players that can slam dunk, players can shoot the three pointer. Well, they got those. But the first thing they were looking for in the players was character. They even mentioned it, the ownership that came in. And they have built a team on character. They always say, good guys never win, right? That's not true. Good guys can win. And you can have talented, skillful people. And when they have the character with it, it makes for a tremendous experience. It's true in business, in sports, in politics, wherever you go. It's not just about the things we do. It's the character that counts. And God considers character the most important thing about you and the most important thing about me. And the title of our message today is Character Matters. The story is told of an evangelist who called for a taxi cab to take him to the airport on a Sunday afternoon after he had preached a message at a local church. The cab driver stopped at the passenger departure area and was given a $10 bill by the evangelist. The driver returned the $10 bill to the evangelist and gave him a five dollar bill in change. That's pretty good, you know. He paid ten, he got fifteen back, right? So the evangelist was in a hurry. He grabbed both bills and he quickly headed up the the stairs and the ramp there to the to the airplane, to the gate. Upon discovering that the driver had made a mistake, he reluctantly hurried back to the taxicab to return the bills to the driver and explained the mistake. The driver replied, I know I did it. I was in church this morning and I heard your message on integrity. Just checking. (laughs) Whoa, just checking. And it's funny and it makes us laugh. But you know what? It's very serious because people are just checking on us today. They're going to see Alan. You have said you're a Christian at work. We're going to see is Alan really genuine? Is he really sincere? Does he really mean it? Does he really live Christianity Monday through Friday when tough times come at work, when there's pressure and problem? They're looking at us. They're just checking. They want to see is that, Is there something to this Christianity? I was listening to a, a talk, Christian talk show while I was doing my work up at the church a couple of weeks ago and The the talk show host spent the whole time speaking about this coach who'd lost his wife. And he said, I can't believe this man. He said, this is the best advertisement you could have for religion and for your faith. And he says, I'm not a Christian by any measure. I don't even know what I believe. But this man was sincere and he was saying his wife is in a better place and he could forgive the person that was that caused the accident where his wife died. And it's just amazing. This man had had that close relationship with the Lord and his testimony went out all over TV and radio. But it's amazing. God wants to develop our character and to develop our character. What does he have to do? He has to squeeze us a little bit. Do you remember those commercials they had on television for Charmin tissue a while back? They had Mr. Whipple. And Mr. Whipple was not too pleased when the ladies would come into the supermarket and they would squeeze the Charmin. He'd say, please don't squeeze the Charmin. Well, sometimes God has to squeeze us, doesn't he? He has to get our attention. He has to squeeze us. And when God squeezes us, what's going to come out? Character. God wants to develop Christian character in us so that when hard times come and we get squeezed and we have pressure... What's going to come is the love of Christ, the character that he has built into our lives. Someone once said, character is always lost when a high ideal is sacrificed on the altar of conformity and popularity. So many people want to conform to the way the world is and be popular. But the Lord says, don't go for that. Stand for me. Love me. Stand for the truth. And we're going to read this morning one of the shortest psalms. It's got only five verses. Psalm 15. Rajiv has been speaking on David recently, the life of David, the lessons we have learned. Well, David wrote this psalm. And really, you can call it a psalm of integrity. It really is. And we're going to read it together and Ed will put it up on the board. Psalm 15, there's five verses to read. Here, David writing says... Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who works, who, excuse me, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised but he honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at ushery or interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. Today we have three points, H, I, and S. The first one is honesty. Part of our Christian character is honesty. That is telling the truth. Second, the I is integrity. That's living the truth. Living the truth and by the truth. And third, the S is sincerity. That's being transparent for the truth before God and before others. You know, how many people today are really 100% honest. Not very many. Not very many. And it's sad to see it in our world today that people do so many things that they feel they can get away with. If they feel they can get away with telling a lie, they'll tell a lie. They'll say the end justifies the means. I'm just telling a little white lie. There's nothing really wrong with it. But we live in a society that's based on, on dishonesty instead of honesty. And may the Lord help us as believers to be honest. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about this in Acts chapter 24 and verse 16. He says, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. Now, if Paul had to strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men, how much more do we today in 2016 need to strive to have a conscience That's clear before the Lord. He says in verse two of this psalm, he says, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. We need to practice that. It's the godly character. In my electronic Bible over this psalm, it says the character of those who may dwell with the Lord. You know, I found out you know how many days of the week? There's there's seven days a week, right? Well, I found out honest people only have to be honest on three days. This is great. You have you only have to be honest on three days. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Right? Three days. If we're honest yesterday and we're honest today, and we'll be honest tomorrow, we're going to be honest people. And that's what that's really what people are looking for today. They're looking for somebody to be honest. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, Therefore, putting away all lying, let each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. The key verse, too, in this this psalm is verse 4. It says, In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. A godly man of character is one whose who's honest every day, honest in his dealings at work, honest in his dealings at school, honest in his dealings with his neighbors, with his friends, out at the grocery store, at the gas station, wherever we go, honesty really makes a big difference when you think about it. And parents, you need to teach your kids. Here we had Cam and Katrina. Here you go. Here's a good first lesson. Teach Kylie... To always tell the truth. And if she did something wrong, tell you that she did it wrong. Don't lie. Tell you the truth and always tell her you'll get punished less if you tell the truth. This way you teach them to grow up to tell the truth, speak the truth. And that's what honesty is all about. But it's sad to say that people cheat today. You know, I listen to the news. I'm kind of a news junkie. I listen to the weather reports, the sports. I hear it all the time. And I hear a lot of things happening. And I find out that people cheat on tests. They cheat on tests. Students, to get into that college they want to get on, they cheat on the test. And they find out about it. it ruins them when they find out. They cheat on taxes. Oh boy. Now Dean you're, you're not you stop preaching now. Now you're starting to meddle. Because what's between me and the IRS, Dean, that's that's just between us, you know. No. We have to be honest on our taxes. You might be able to put something on there and you might think it's it's just a little tiny difference between one decimal here or there. But your conscience is going to start bothering you because if that's cheating, any time that we cheat, that's wrong. Cheating on our taxes. Here's another one I hear about all the time. Cheating on spouses. Cheating on spouses. This is a terrible epidemic in our society today. Men and women cheating on their spouses. So that kind of cheating is going on as well. But worst of all, worst cheating of all is people that cheat on God. They cheat on God. They think that somehow he doesn't see them, their behavior, their conduct. Oh, I'm living a good life. But God sees the heart. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. And it's said of, of Samuel when he went to find out David, he said, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God looks at the character of the man, the woman, to see if we're honest and people of integrity and sincerity. George Washington was our first president and I really appreciate him a lot. He's one of my favorite presidents along with Lincoln and Reagan. And Nancy Reagan just passed away today at the age of 94, Ronald Reagan's wife. But Ronald Reagan was also one of my favorite presidents. Well, George Washington was a great president and listen to what he said. I hope I shall possess firmness and virtue enough to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man. He didn't say, I want to have that title of president or commander-in-chief of the armed forces or anything like that. He says, I want to achieve a title that says a character of an honest man. And of course, Abraham Lincoln was known as Honest Abe and they were honest men. What do you think our politicians would say about that? If we got them all together in a room, right? And we read them that quote, wouldn't that be something? But it comes back to each one of us. And none of us are off the hook. We have to be honest. We have to show honesty in our lives. Secondly, we have to show integrity. And integrity means that your conscience is clean, your hands are clean, and your record is clean. Now, that's a challenge, isn't it? Your conscience is clean, your hands are clean, and your record is clean. You know, when those things can be said about you, You're a man or a woman of integrity and you can go to bed at night, shut off the lights, put your head on the pillow and say, thank you, Lord. The people that have the hardest time sleeping are the ones that have the most guilt, right? The most guilt, hard to sleep, tossing, turning, tossing, turning. Honest people of integrity. It's the best Way to fall asleep. You don't need somonex. You don't need any of these sleep aids or anything like that. You can just fall asleep because your conscience is clear. And that is a blessing when that can be true. Job was such a great example of this in Job chapter 1 and verse 1. Because it tells us the kind of man he was. Now, we all know a lot about Job, that he went through many trials, lost many things, and God eventually brought him full circle and gave him back everything he had. And, and it was just it's a wonderful story of a, someone who's godly going through trials. But at the beginning of, of his life, the Holy Spirit sets up for us the kind of man Job was. And it says, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. What a, what a man of character. He was a man of character. Remember a few years ago we had the movement called Promise Keepers, right? And many of us here in the church, men, we went to the Promise Keepers. And the whole thing about that is to be a godly man of character. And when you make a promise to your wife, to your children to your boss, to anybody in, in your church, whatever. Keep your promise. Keep it. That's what people of character do. They keep their promise. Like it says here, swear to your own hurt and do not change. Even if it's going to cost you something, keep that commitment. Keep that promise. And that's what God wants us to do. And that's what Job did. And you know, God's commandments are both thou shalt and thou shalt not, aren't they? This is what you should do and this is what you should not do. So many times we're pretty good about the things we shall not do. We just say, well, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do the other thing. But did you do what was right? Did you do what you should have done? That is the question. That's why James says in chapter 4 and verse 17 of his writing in the New Testament, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin isn't that amazing we cannot only not just do what we know we're not supposed to but we have to do what we're supposed to do and when we come across a situation a need somebody needs help to walk away that is sin that's what we mentioned in the scripture memory class this morning the love of god and how we should treat each other so you see honesty goes hand in hand with with integrity it really does Now, here's an interesting thing. Back in 1991, it seems like a long time ago. Some people in the audience may not have even been born back in 1991. But in 1991, they took a poll. And the question was this, that asked Americans this question. What are you willing to do for $10 million? What are you willing to do for $10 million? Think about that. If I was to ask you that question, don't answer it out loud, but think about it in your heart. What would I be willing to do? For $10,000. Well, here's some things that some people answer. 25% would abandon their entire family for $10 million. That's sad. 25% also would abandon their church for $10 million. 16% said they would or 23% said they would become prostitutes for a week or more for $10 million. How sad. 16%. Now, get this, and we have a lot of immigrants here that came to our country. 16% of Americans back in that year said they would give up their American citizenship for $10 million. Sad. Here's another sad one. 16% said they would leave their spouses for $10 million. Sad. That's why we have lack of character. 10% said they would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free for $10 million. 3% said... They would, 7%, I should say, 7% would kill a stranger for 10 million dollars. And finally, 3%, 3% would put their children up for adoption for 10 million dollars. How sad, and this was in 1991, how much more would these percentages go up in our society today that's all built on greed and getting all the money you can? God wants to develop our character so that we see that there's more important things than money. It's pleasing God, it's serving Him and not giving up that which He has given you so lightly as for $10 million. We Remember the story of Esau and how he sold his birthright for a bowl of red stuff. So sad. God wants to develop in us godly character. As a nation... As a church, as individuals, to be people of honesty and people of integrity and people of sincerity. May God help us. Someone once said, those who stand for nothing are apt to fall for anything. And isn't that true? Those who stand for nothing are apt to fall for anything. And that's the way it is today. The devil has his control over this world today, keeping people under his control and keeping them from Christ and keeping them from living the joyful, good and, and fantastic life the Lord has for us. And finally, point number three is, is sincerity. Sincerity is also lost in our society today. We live in a Teflon society where people look good. They, they dress well. They, they say all the right words. They, they appear to be so very good, but underneath the surface, it's not the same. They're not sincere. They're hypocritical. And so what happens is, is people today live behind walls. They live behind curtains. And they live behind doors in their lives to hide the real person. And that's sad. That is really sad. God wants us to be sincere. Sincere. And sincerity is so very important. If you look over at Psalm 139 and verses 1 to 5, this is the, the passage of Scripture that was based on the hymn that we sang this morning. And listen to what David says in the first five verses of Psalm 139. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. He knows our words. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about us. And yet still, we tend to to live insincere lives, thinking that somehow we can hide it, right? Right? We might be able to hide it from our family, our spouse, our, our neighbors, our, even our brothers and sisters in Christ, our co-workers, but we can't hide it from God because He sees the heart. He sees the character. He knows the life that we are living. And in Psalm 15 and verse 3 that we read this morning, He says, He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor Oh boy, people use the tongue to cut people down, to shred them to bits. And it's sad. The tongue is is a little member of our body, the Bible says, but it sets on fire the course of hell, James said. And so when we're not sincere and we're speaking that which isn't true and we're hurting people, we're slandering people, we're putting people down, It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. And the Lord wants us to be sincere people. He wants us to have honesty. He wants us to have integrity and he wants us to have sincerity. You know, some of the restaurants, the fast food places, they claim we have 100 percent pure beef. Well, guess what? They should all be 100 percent. Uh, beef right they wouldn 't have to say it if there wasn 't other places, and then of course, you hear uh, advertisements that uh, this one has fillers and meat meat byproducts and all these things that are like added in that are not good to the meat. Well, we as Christians should be one hundred percent pure beef Christians. We should be honest we should be men of in, women of integrity and sincerity so that there's no meat byproducts in it, there's no preservatives, there's no artificial flavors and colors. We want to be true and sincere. And that's the way God wants us to be. So as we reflect on this subject this morning, let's remember, character matters. Whether the politicians think so, whether the people of the world think so, God tells us in His Word, character matters. It's very important that we be honest. That we tell the truth, that we speak the truth, that we stand for the truth, that we be people of integrity because people are watching us. They're listening to us. They're going to see. Does his life add up? Does Dean's life add up? He says he's a Christian, but is he really? I mean, what words come out of his mouth? If we send out bad words from our mouth, people are going to hear mixed signals. They're going to say, wait a minute, I know one Christian that doesn't do it. This Christian says he's a Christian and he does it. Wait a minute. It's not going to make sense to them. It's going to stumble them from coming to Christ. May the Lord help us to have lives of honesty, integrity, and sincerity. And remember, you only have to do it three days a week. Just yesterday, today, and forever. That's all we have to do. And God will develop our character. And so it's not easy in this world because, but it, to be honest and, and to be people of integrity and to be sincere, but boy, the difference it's going to make. It's going to make a difference when your neighbor sees you and sees your stand over the years that on Sunday morning you get in your car and go to church and you come back and you act like a Christian in that neighborhood. And so many times Christians don't always act like Christians. It's sad. And people, they see us when we come to work. They're going to be happy to be around us because they see this person's real. This person's genuine. And so it's a blessing. And so may the Lord help us to put off false fronts, false pretenses and false uh, faces and to be those who are honest. People of integrity and people of sincerity. May the Lord just help us today and encourage our hearts. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for David. His life was one of honesty, integrity and sincerity. And he he spoke forth this psalm because he realized how holy you are. How wonderful and righteous you are. And who is the person that can dwell in your house, Lord, in your tabernacle? Only those who walk uprightly. Those who tell the truth. Those who, those who are sincere. Those who keep their promises, Lord. Help us in our character. Lord, when you squeeze us and allow trials and difficulties, the real person will come out, Lord. Please develop that truth in us from your word so that when difficulties come, we can let the love of Christ show forth from us. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll take us home safely today. And we pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, just help them to realize that you died on the cross for them and that you love them and you want to to receive them to yourself, Lord. And you want to build their character and you want to give them a home in heaven. All they have to do is accept that free gift of eternal life. By believing that you died on the cross for their sins, Lord, and confess their sins and ask you to be their Savior. We pray that that will take place today. And so we commit this time into your hands. Please take us home with your blessing. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen.